29 Ann Street, Harley P. Pratt and the Voice of Warning. You should now be standing at the corner of Nassau Street and Ann Street. As significant and interesting as the LDS newspapers were, this next site is the location of one of the most important publishing events in church history. Here a book was first published, which for over 100 years was probably the most printed by the church after the Book of Mormon. The first official missionary of the church in New York City was Elder Parley P. Pratt, one of the first members of the Quorum of the Twelve. He arrived in the city in July 1837. Initially, he found proselyting to be tough going. At our next site, we will learn more about how his missionary work finally began to succeed here. In the meantime, however, Elder Pratt turned to his pen to advance his work. The book he wrote here in New York City was entitled A Voice of Warning and Instruction to All People, containing a declaration of the faith and doctrine of the Church of the Latter-day Saints, commonly called Mormons. It was the first book-length presentation of the doctrines of the restored gospel in this dispensation. Indeed, other than the Book of Mormon, Book of Commandments, and a hymnal, it was the first book published by the Church. The first edition was printed at 29 Ann Street in New York City. As you look down Ann Street to the west, which is toward the taller buildings, this would be at the site of the third building on the north side of the street. In the voice of warning, Elder Pratt made an extended and organized presentation of many of the distinctive doctrines of the restored gospel as we know them today. However, he did so in a grand 19th century rhetorical style, which is perhaps less familiar to us. Imagine yourself in 1837, listening in a rented hall, or perhaps at a street meeting on the corner of Ann and Nassau Streets, to this preacher from an odd new church. O ye inhabitants of New York, ye people of the United States, and finally I appeal to all of every nation, tongue, and people. You have many commodities for sale which attract the attention and are very desirable. But there is one thing for which you would give more than for any other which has been presented to you. We will now enter into the wide, expanded field which lies before us, and search out the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, which have been shining for ages like a light in a dark place. We will explore regions unknown to many, and feast our souls with knowledge which is calculated in its nature to enlarge the heart, to exalt the mind, and to raise the affections above the little, mean, groveling things of the world, and to make one wise unto salvation. Working extensively with Bible texts, Elder Pratt argues for the need for modern revelation and the restoration of the Church of Christ as it existed in ancient times with the same powers, blessings, offices, and authority. No man, says the Apostle, taketh this honor upon himself, but him that is called of God, as was Aaron. And we all know that Aaron was called by revelation. Let me inquire, how does God make a covenant with the people in any age? The answer must be by communicating his will to them, by actual revelation. In order to illustrate this subject, let us bring an example. A young man wishes to enter into a covenant of matrimony with a young lady. But deprive him of the privilege of revealing his mind to her, cut off all direct communication between them, and a covenant could never be made. And so it is with the Almighty. Whenever he made a covenant with the people, he included in the covenant the priesthood, offices, 
and authorities together with the ordinances and blessings which pertain to his covenant. And so will he do at this time. However, Elder Pratt dramatically cautions his readers as to the consequences of following the great truths he is revealing. But, oh, kind reader, whoever you are, if you are not prepared for persecution, if you are unprepared to have your name cast out as evil, if you cannot bear to be called a knave, an impostor, or madman, or one that hath a devil, if you are bound by the creeds of men to believe just so much and no more, you had better stop here. I would caution the reader not to proceed with me in this research unless he is prepared to sacrifice everything. For if he should once get a view of the kingdom of God, he will be so delighted as never to rest satisfied short of becoming a citizen of the same. And yet it will be so unlike every other system of religion now on earth that he will be astonished that any person with the Bible in his hand should ever have mistaken any of the systems of men for the kingdom of God. After relying on the Bible for the first part of the book, Elder Pratt then presents the Book of Mormon. Interestingly, in the first edition, Joseph Smith is never mentioned by name, although his story was added to later editions. Elder Pratt did not limit himself to biblical insights and rational exposition in presenting the restored gospel. At several points, he employs poetic form to express the power of his message. Lo, from the opening heavens, in bright array, an angel comes. To earth he bends his way, reveals to man in power as at first the fullness of the gospel long since lost. See earth obedient, from its bosom yield the sacred truth it faithfully concealed. The wise confounded startle at the sight, the proud and haughty tremble with affright. The deaf must hear, and meek their joy increase, the poor be glad, and their oppression cease. Elder Pratt concludes by citing the familiar verse from the book of Acts, where the Apostle Peter predicts the return of Jesus Christ at the times of restitution of all things which God hath spoken, by the mouths of all his holy prophets since the world began. He then turns again to poetic form to express the glory of this scene. After pages of verses reciting the prophets of the Bible from Seth and Enoch on, who foretold of the Savior's coming, he declares that, Lehi, Nephi, Alma, and Mosiah, Abinadi, who once rejoiced in fire, Mormon, Moroni, and Ether testified, For this they lived, and in this faith they died. And all the saints of God and all the earth down from old Adam to the latest birth, and all the vast creations which extend through boundless space till noon can find no end, and all the heavenly host around the throne shall sound his praise in reverential tone. Hail him as king, and crown him as lord of all. The first printing at Ann Street was 3,000 copies. A voice of warning erected a standard for all future LDS writers and missionaries by setting down a formula for describing basic doctrines of the restored gospel. Its biblical citations, arguments, and examples would be used by others for the next hundred years. In fact, it was the Church's primary missionary literature until the late 1950s, the forerunner of the uniform missionary discussions and Preach My Gospel. A voice of warning went through more than 30 editions in English 
after the first edition printed in New York City, and was translated into Danish, Dutch, French, German, Spanish, Icelandic, and Swedish. To get to our next site, continue down Nassau Street for two blocks and make a left on John Street. Go down the block until you get to an old church with a small pocket park next to it.